Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Self-Published Strong Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Pearson, and I'm joined today by my husband. Hi, I'm Nolan. And we do not have a guest podcast person here today because we got tired of having a guest podcast person. That's not why. (laughs) No, that's not why. (laughs) I'm kidding. Josh, we enjoyed having Josh on the show, and I'm sure he'll be back again. Just, you know, it's awfully convenient having our audiovisual guy being on the show with us. It does make it easier. Yeah, and we're like... Okay, edit that out, Josh. <laughs> yeah, he can like do do things in real time. Yeah. Do you have any updates this week? I had students. You had students. I had a, I had a sick last week. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I've been talking a lot today. So who knows how much I'll talk? My voice is pretty tired. And his parents are coming in two days to stay with us for a week and a half. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Um, I'm still writing Crimson Hollow. I can't believe how long it's taken me to write this book. You know, usually when I start writing, I can be done in like that week. But we've just had so much going on. And we are doing an open house for friends, family, readers, writers, anybody who wants to come and hang out and chat on May 12th. If you're interested in coming, uh, let me know. Andrea at uh, com. And I'll get you the information on that. But I am inviting readers and writers just because, hey, I like talking about book stuff. And so if anybody wants to come and talk about book stuff, then then they are welcome to do so. Let's see. Let's go on to the quote for the day. You picked that one, so I'll let you read it. The greater the conflict, the more glorious the triumph. What we obtain too cheaply, we esteem too lightly. That's all, that's all the one-hit wonders out there. Who, who was it that gave that oh, quote? Thomas Paine. Thomas Paine. That's all the one hit wonders out there? Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? The unreplicable ones, you know, because they don't know what they did. Oh, yeah, I see what you're saying. To be successful. And they seem too lightly. They're like, oh, this is easy. And then, like, quit their job. Or, or, like, the people that win the lottery and then lose 10 or broke, like, in a year. Yeah, exactly. They can't replicate it. They're unable to to figure out what made them successful. And so they... They can't repeat it. Yeah, and those those who work hard and they, who figure it out and you know fight their way through, they're able to appreciate it more. I mean, people who work to earn money, as opposed to those who win a lottery, they're more likely to save the money. It's you know who was it? There was somebody who actually wrote a book on people who win the lottery and they followed them, right? And like most of those people were poor again. Yeah, maybe not most, but it's not a, it's not a good statistics. We don't have any proof, and we're just. <laughs> We're just talking about it, right? Yeah, well, there I was a book somewhere. that was written on it. The Millionaire Next Door. That's no, Millionaire Next Door is a good book. I'm talking about somebody who actually studied people who okay. won the lottery yeah. and then lost all their money. Very common. Millionaire Next Door is a really good move, really good book. And me being from a small town in Utah, like a lot of my neighbors were millionaires, and you would never know it because they lived in the same house they lived in growing up, you know. Mm-hmm. And just really, really not flashy, and that's always been a very, very appealing to me. Especially since I went to school at the in the high school that was in the one of the top three most wealthy cities in the in the state. And so, you know, I would be I, we lived in that little town, and so I was surrounded by hundred thousand dollar houses, fifty thousand dollars, hundred thousand dollars, one hundred thousand dollars, yeah, hundred thousand dollars houses. Yeah, exactly. This is back in the 90s. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about the fancy ones. No, the small town houses. I was surrounded by $100,000 houses. Some of them are $50,000 houses. Then I'd go to school up in multi-million and $10 million houses. And And up. And up. It was quite, it was a stark contrast. And of course, while I was in high school, I was like, I want the money. 
But looking back, you know, no. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes, I want the money. But I want to have the humble surroundings where people don't know you're a millionaire. <laughs> you're so evil. <laughs> All right. So, okay. So the tip for today is is we're finishing off the the beta readers. And I wanted to talk about where one to find... One at a time. Yes. Yes, we're finishing off the beta readers one at a time with with a no. thumb cut to the, the neck. Throat. You missed that, reader listeners. <laughs> they heard the sound effect, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Anyway, okay, so I've got several different places where you can go to find beta readers. So I'll start off with friends and family. And I always, when I first started out, I always start with friends and family because they're kinder, they care about you. They point out no-brainer issues and they've offered some of the best feedback I've ever gotten. And it's been very, very... It's, it's wonderful, especially when you're first starting out. You don't want to start with somebody who, like a professional author or... Somebody, you should have somebody ghostwrite this. Yeah, like one of your first readers said, uh, you should stop writing Oh, yes. No. Somebody when, else write your book for you. No, one of my, when, when I fin- first finished The Key of Kalenia, I had a whole bunch of different people read it. And one chick told me that I needed to hire a professional writer. <laughs> she and I are still friends on Facebook. I don't know if you're Facebook friends, you're still pretty tight then. Yeah, apparently. Anyway, so friends and family, I recommend starting there when you're first starting out. Don't don't approach people who've been doing it for a long time because first off, they're they don't have time. Second off, they're gonna offer feedback that's not gonna be helpful to you. It will be it will be hard to take and a lot of people don't continue writing when they get that kind of feedback. So you want to start with friends and family, people who point out the no brainer stuff and who can gently and carefully show you what, where your weaknesses are. And then also when you're working with your friends and family, you can network and go through them to find other people. So for example, my mom had email lists and she would help, you know, she'd be like, Hey, my daughter just started writing. Is anybody here interested in beta reading for her? And so that helped quite a bit. And, you know, you can put flyers in stores. If you teach music lessons, you can ask your students, you know, things like that. And, I just realized that finding beta readers, there's a whole lot here. I'm going to actually end up splitting this into the next podcast episode too, just so that the whole episode isn't me telling people how to find beta readers. But so Facebook, this is something that, that works really, really wonderful. Just make a general announcement every, every so often. So when I started out my new pen main, my pen name for romance, I, uh, I had plenty of offers. I was a new writer and a lot of people are actually very interested in helping me out. And so I created a group and added people who wanted to help me, um, who wanted to actually help me. And so that's where I went for the first little while. I put my romance on the side for now, just so, so I can focus on fantasy because, you know, I've got momentum there and I don't want to lose that. Anyway, so you can also search for beta reading groups. And if there isn't one for your specific genre, consider starting one. And I'm going to end right there for this episode, just because like I said, there's, there's a ton more and I'll dig into it again next week. Uh, but Anyway, so like I said, start with friends and family. And if you're more experienced, go to Facebook for help. And then I'll talk about, you know, Twitter and, uh, and current readers, Wattpad, and then how to ask people for to beta read in our next podcast episode. Anyway, we've got a Patreon supporter. Hooray. Yeah. Her name is Alice. That was genuine. That was not sarcastic. No, that was not sarcastic. Yeah. We were, I was very surprised. This is this was me finding out that Alice, our wonderful first Patreon supporter, actually supported a couple weeks ago, and, and we've been so busy that I haven't been keeping up on email, not even email from my 
readers, and I feel bad. Sorry about that, Alice. But anyway, so Alice, since she was our first Patreon supporter, I gifted her one of the courses for free because, you know. Take that. Take that what? I mean, take the course. Oh. <laughs> okay. <I> mean... <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so go ahead and um, support us on Patreon if you are interested in doing so. We haven't actually talked about the perks people get yet, but I think we can do that right now. So if you support at the $1 per episode, you get a shout out on the podcast. So $4 a month and we publicly thank you. <laughs> you can be heard with us in public. <laughs> yes. Uh, $2 per episode. I know the $1 per episode is just, that's so, doesn't sound very awesome, but some people don't care about about? anything else. Sounds awesome to me. Does it sound awesome to you? I get the dollar. (laughs) Oh gosh. Part of it. (laughs) Whatever. I'm saying for the people that support us. Is my appreciation not enough? <laughs> anyway, so so that's the one dollar per episode level. The two dollars per episode level, you get uh, market your marketing questions answered. So what we'll do is we'll have you fill out a form where you'll put marketing questions, and then right before we have our marketing podcast, my assistant will reach out to people who have supported us at that level, and she'll be like, "Hey, these are your questions. Are they still applicable?" And then you can say yes or no, or you can ask new questions or whatever. And then on that marketing episode, we will answer questions. And I know Alice had a question or two, and we will address that on our first episode in June, which is when our next marketing podcast episode will go out. And then the $3 per episode level, you get all of the above plus a chance every three minutes, every three months, every three minutes, every three minutes, <laughs> every three months to win one of my courses. And we will cycle through those courses, starting with the $25 ones and then going on up to the $50 ones. And right now, since Alice is our only Patreon supporter, she has a huge chance of winning. She has a 100% chance. <laughs> she has a 100% chance of winning. Thank you, Alice. <laughs> For now. For now. <laughs> anyway, I want that course. You want the course? <laughs> He wants the course. Sign up first, <laughs> just to get the course. Anyway, I might tweak that. I might do it every two months to win a course, uh, or every month to win a course. I don't know. We'll see. If we end up having a ton of people support us on Patreon, then I will tweak that, just because I don't want it to be a huge, like I don't want, want people to never win. You know, support us forever and ever, and then never win anything. We also don't want Alice to always win. <laughs> we don't want Alice no to always win. <laughs> She's like, no, nobody else support. Nobody else support. Anyway. All right, so that's that's it for the intro. Let's go ahead and actually the schedule. So the movies that we're going to be doing, we've got Skyline for next week, New Moon the week after, Jurassic World the week after that, and then the one for May 29th is Blank. I'm going to let Nolan pick that. Blank, unless, my favorite movie. Yeah, Blank. It's a great one. And I'm going to let Nolan pick that movie depending on how what the Patreon supporters request. He can pick from those. Yes. And then the one after that, June, whatever, the first week in June, that'll be our marketing episode. So, yeah. So let's get right into the movie. Do you have any th- initial thoughts on Sweet Home Alabama? Um, it's okay. <laughs> what? Just okay? As far as, uh, yeah. This is one of my favorite movies. I know. <laughs> he knows, and it's just okay. Yeah. Sorry. Nobody dies. Nobody fights to the death, nobody right? Nobody fights to the death. The only death is an already dead dog. So. <laughs> I'm trying not to look at you incredulously. They do make out in a pet cemetery, and that's kind of cool. <laughs> Jeez. It's a coon dog cemetery. For pets. It's a pet. Well, coon dogs are pets, so yeah. yes. All right. Okay, so let's talk about the characters and their development. And I've got quite a bit to say on this one, so I'll let you go ahead and start. Okay. 
Hmm. Where to begin? Okay, so this is, a, I'm going to say, I mean, it's a romance, right? Yeah. Comedy. Yeah. Romantic sort of. comedy. Romantic comedy. Um, it's the of the, uh, I say fish out of water? Not quite. It's a return. So usually romantic comedies are mismatched couples. Mm-hmm. And like the differences make hilarity ensue. Uh, and they're also a barrier to them being together. And they overcome said barrier at some point and are together. Yeah. This is slightly different because they were together in the past, so this is a second chance I love second romance. chance romances. Second chance romance. Um, it's sort of like the fish out of water Well, it is because she's trying to make herself be something she is Because isn't. she's trying to be something she's not, and then it ends up returning at the end. Yeah. So it's a little bit of a play on that. Very, but I mean, it's a second chance romance. That's pretty much what they are. Yeah. There's a breaking apart. Somebody goes on, lives a very different life. Then for whatever reason, they meet again. Mm -hmm. And then they make out of the pet cemetery. (laughs) Was that your favorite part? I just never really thought about, like, I've watched the movie many times. But watching it with a critical eye, I noticed quite a bit more. And that one was... Pretty messed up for the romance. It's like really just kind of. I don't know. I think it was cute because yeah. she was having a tender moment, and then they kiss. I mean, that's the best time to have a kissing scene. Yeah, sure. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> whatever. Sure. Yeah. Anyway, so we have uh, the one guy. Which one guy? I don't remember his name. We've got Jake, who's her Jake. husband. I have their like actual names written down. Josh Lucas. Um, he is a simple country boy. I would that's say. what that's what you get. That's that's you your know. initial impression of yeah. him. There's more to him, and you don't find that out till towards He's, the end of the movie. He is multifaceted, um, and she has left to go to New York to be a fashion designer, mm-hmm. or at least that's she went to go have a different life because they were together. They got married right out of high school, which you don't find out till later. Um, actually, yeah. So anyway, he's a simple country boy, right? She is. A simple country girl that decided to go to the big city and have a different life. Yeah. Um, Patrick Dempsey. Oh, Andrew. Andrew. <laughs> um, is That's her, funny. Usually you know the names and I yeah, don't. I know. Is her new fiance. Yeah, she's and, dating while she was married. And, yeah, I know. The hussy. And <laughs> the daughter of the, or he's the son of the mayor of New York. Yes, who is, is one of the best evil actresses ever. I think she's great. It's an evil she's person. not acting. So. <laughs> That's awful. What? No, I don't know if she's a bad person. I just think she just doesn't. I think some people are just like really good at it because it's in their nature. And they don't have to act as much. <laughs> that made you sound really bad. I don't know. I think I think you could pull it off pretty well. That's because it's in my nature. Exactly. So when people first meet Nolan, they're intimidated by him. I'm not acting. He's not. It's for real. He doesn't smile easily. He just stares. He's very. <laughs> he's very Not austere. Testosterone smile smaller than low testosterone. <laughs> anyway. I read that in a study. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, jeez. Anyway, now you know why. <laughs> So if you meet him and he doesn't warm up and fuzzy around you and give you hugs and you lots of compliments, you didn't pay him enough. Oh my gosh. No, it's because it's not in his nature to be fluffy 
Anyway, okay, yeah, so Melanie's a designer on the brink of becoming something. Jake's her ex-husband. Andrew's a plot device. <laughs> um, he, plays he, a bit he, of, he plays a counterpoint role. I mean, I mean, he's... And later on, he becomes more important. Yeah, In the yeah. first half of the movie, he's yeah. just there. Right, because it's like, you know, they, they have a conflict, and then maybe they're getting over their conflict, and then he shows up, and he's a complication reminding you know them of their differences yeah and i think he's one of the best characters ever written but i'll i'll explain that later not best characters ever ever written written. no but the the um they didn't give her an easy way out because he is a genuinely nice guy and and romances are effective when the love triangle has um plausible two plausible choices like Somebody's gonna get their heart broken, and there's a good reason to be with either person. Yes, that's that's a huge, huge like, point. I don't you're think you're that's choosing between of... two good lives that you and two good futures that you could you, have, and, and you know, between them. That's not one of my one of my top takeaways for authors. That's a huge, huge thing for especially for that romance authors. Is it? Oh, sorry. That's fine. <laughs> anyway, I, I claim it as mine. Okay, you can claim it. <laughs> Wait, now you claim it. Yeah. Sure. Did you write? Anything? No, I don't write in. Yeah. You don't? I haven't written, any, written anything down since I think the first episode. Oh my goodness. See, I'm, I always forget. And I'm like, that's the part that I that, write, like... That's why I only have, like, two. Because I can't... I'm thinking <laughs> of them as, like, you're just like, so what are your three points? I'm like, um, point one is... Oh, jeez. It's on the fly. Okay. All right. We just had a little bit of an interruption, but we're back again. You didn't even realize we were gone. <laughs> anyway, so we've also got Pearl... And Bobby Ray and Pearl's husband Earl, and these are which I'm like really Pearl and Earl married Smoother. each other. Yeah, yeah, they are Melanie's parents, and Bobby Ray is um, a friend, and I absolutely love Bobby Ray. He's one of my favorite characters in the show. Okay, so and I'll actually talk about him later. But Pearl, she is the most confused character on the face of the planet. I don't know if you noticed or not. Did you notice? I noticed. Okay, so. She didn't want to visit her daughter in New York because it didn't suit. Um, And then she's like, well, the door swings both ways. You could have visited me. And she threw her daughter in every single pageant, made her go to all of them in the county. And she, okay, so she's mad that her daughter sticks around. She's mad that she doesn't stay. She's mad she doesn't visit. She's mad when she comes back. She's glad when she comes back. She wants her to get far away. She's happy when she comes back. And these are me writing down her emotions as they happen. And... She's happy when she gets back with her husband, but then she tells Mel that Jake is quicksand. And then she's like, you're doing the right thing when she's going to marry Andrew. And then she cheers at the end when uh, her daughter doesn't choose Andrew. Yeah. So she was all over the board. It felt like two characters put into one. Mm-hmm. I mean, they. Um, what's his name? Andrew or Jake? Jake's mother. Mm-hmm. Stella wants them to get back together again so they could have given most of those lines to her and then had two consistent characters yeah because she's always pro them she's only in like two scenes probably yeah she's not in it much but she's internally consistent yeah which I guess people are complicated but it just seemed like she was all over the place to suit the plot and they just didn't want to they they didn't it wasn't well written her character was not well written yeah it, she's all over the place i noticed that too because she's like don't you get back with them and then she's like yay and I was yeah like, wait a second i'm getting whiplash here with this lady exactly and the problem you can have i mean people can be in real life they can actually be that conflict conflicted but in a book or in a, a story movie, you there's, can't yeah, there's not enough time to uh 
it's just whiplash. Yeah. You know, there's not enough time to have all the subtleties that are in a real human being. Yeah, no kidding. So it just seemed kind of like, I don't know, weird and jarring. Yes, I agree. Because jarring is the music. Oh, I didn't even notice the music. Actually, I did notice music. I do have a comment on that. Um, should we give our music comments now? Now nah, we can wait. Um, opening scene? Yeah, opening scene. Kids kissing. Yuck. Yeah, little kids. It's not good. Uh, no. Um, so they're in a on a beach, and there's lightning, right? Lightning never strikes twice. And then it does. Um, it's the same place twice. It does not. Well, it strikes them. No, they're still struck by the first time they were struck. I think that's the point of the movie. Oh, I thought it was they. It strike. Oh, I it see. It does hit saying. them, but like lightning never strikes twice. They never found anyone else. Yeah, yeah. They were with the person that they had that first moment with. Yeah. And that's the point. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, so that happens. So, they're, they, they they have a kid kiss, so they smooch, and then they get struck by lightning. And then Melanie wakes up. And my point on that was, why are the kids kissing like adults? They weren't, mm, I don't know. Where Most kids pucker up. Yeah, that's true. And and they're kissing, they're yeah. approaching each other with their <clears throat> mouths open. And they're well, like nine was, or ten years it old. It was a dream memory. Maybe they were... Maybe you know, she was... Adulting it? Yeah, adulting, uh, putting an adult spin on her childhood memory. Because I'm like, ugh, that was, it was gross. It would have been cute if they puckered up the way kids, kids pucker up. Yeah, they do. You're right. And that camera angle was like kind of obscuring it as well. So. Yeah, yep. Anyway, so that happens. And she wakes up and she's in New York and she's a famous fashion designer about to have a big show. And Correct. I had comments on that too. Like... Um, let's see, actually, let me see if I can find that. My Which which draws a line between her old life and her new life. Yeah. You can see the old life and new life very juxtaposed. So, okay, so I have examples of implausible versus plausible on that. So my, my, I'm just wondering, I don't know very much about the fashion industry, but what I do know is you can't have so many employees and models. And she had probably like 20 models and like 20 employees. You can't have that many without some success first. Unless well, they're volunteers. She, she's been being mentored by that other guy. Uh, what other guy? The black guy? Yeah. Okay. See, I didn't notice the that. Black I didn't know guy. he was... I didn't yes, know he was. And, yeah. They're on the cover of the magazine together, so he's like... Oh, okay. That makes Mentoring sense. her. Okay. So she's not like all on her own. Okay. Because I'm like sitting there, I'm like, she she would be already the, yeah. big at that point. He likes the cut of her jib, and so he's... <laughs> is, that what the people, is that what the kids are saying? Is that what the kids are saying? Anyway, I'm he's only like, three years younger than you. Doesn't mean I can't ask you what kids are saying. Because <laughs> I'm around the kids all the time? I, yeah. Our five-year-old does not say cut of, cut of his jib. She will. That's <laughs> the teacher. Okay. Anyway, so that's why. So so it's not like sudden. She's being mentored by okay. somebody. Okay, that makes but, sense then. Yeah, so he, you know, liked her stuff and, you know, thought she had something. And so he's bringing her up. Yeah, yeah. So she's, so she's gotten a lot of notoriety for someone of her age and newness in the industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so my question is, um, do you have any, uh, you have other comments? What are your other comments? Like antagonist and dialogue and all that? Uh, well, I mean, you know, there's the um, antagonist. Um, I mean, origin- originally the two main characters are antagonists, and then they're not, and then mm-hmm. they are, and they've had previous antagonistic relationships. Um, they're Andrew like, and his mother have an antagonistic relationship. Yes, they do. He doesn't like her a lot. I mean, he loves her, but he doesn't like her yeah. <laughs> all the time. Yeah, he makes a lot of cuts at her that are yeah, quite, quite showing yeah. of their relationship. Yeah. Some backhanded insults sorts of things. And, um, yeah. 
He's like, and every, I, you know, yeah, who hasn't been ashamed of their parents at some point or another? I'll assume that was a rhetorical question. Assume away. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, no, I agree with that. Like the and then the antagonist and protagonist. I'd say the biggest one is Jake and Melanie, and yeah, they're both antagonist and protagonist to each other. Yep, it's a complicated relationship. So yeah, with a lot of history. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Any comments on dialogue? Uh, dialogue is, ex- I said externally convincing because I'm not really familiar with the accent. So I can, oh. <laughs> um, so I'm like, oh, they sound like terrible. Those are terrible Alabama those are, accents. Those, they sound like they're from Tennessee, not Alabama. Yeah, they sound, exactly. So I couldn't tell you. Yeah. I liked it. I think, I thought it was fun. Okay, so I have a comment. Okay, so the inciting incident, which one is the inciting incident? Incident When he proposes? I would say yes. Okay, I was going to say, or is it when she freaks out and is like, Are you, you're engaged and didn't tell me? The, the governor, uh, or uh, the mayor, I mean. No, that's not it. Because like, what makes she has to go get her divorce finalized? Yes, yeah, when he proposes. When he proposes. And, and that, this is Andrew proposing to Melanie. Yeah, sorry. Okay, yeah. So we with that so we we're just like yay he you know she's he gets he proposes she accepts and then like the next thing that happens is she's on a plane going to Alabama yep into the middle of nowhere and shows up on Jake's doorstep and says I want a divorce yeah exactly and he's like oh well hello I haven't seen you in seven years or something like that how how what about a how you doing Jake yeah not much of an intro and so she's all. Up and, in his grill about it. And I like this. A, a good character show. Like, and she makes this comment later on about how... He's got, how, like, a carburetor in his hand. Um, about She makes a comment later on about how selfish she's been. The first thing she does when she gets back into her hometown is go to him and get him a divorce. And he's like, I'll bet you haven't even said hi to your parents yet. They probably don't even know you're in town. And he's right. And he's know? right, yeah. So... She didn't tell him. She was probably not even planning on telling him. Telling them. No. Yeah, so she's a likable character, but she has unlikable um, flaws, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, how should I say it? More so at some points than she reconciles. So she's got some issues that come to a head. She's like There's stuck up and then yeah. has to come face that. And then she realizes that that's not who she wants to be anymore. Yeah. That who she was trying to be wasn't who she actually wanted to be. Yeah. Because her his, her history is painful so she tried to just try to do the opposite to get away from it so she yeah. didn't have to hurt anymore but that didn't end up working and it turns out that reconciling with everyone made her feel better exactly it just took a long time to get there yeah so my comment on foreshadowing all of the music is country and yes. it tells you who she's going to end up with because <laughs> i mean he's from the south you know mm-hmm uh, my other comment is, is sadly, it's all covers. Not that they're bad covers, but Sweet Home Alabama, they didn't get the original version. Yeah, the original. They said no. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. Cause it's because that's song. the name of the dang movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there is a cover, like, you know, there's a band playing, so that's understandable. It would be a cover because they don't actually have you know, Leonard Skinner there yeah, yeah. at their Nowhere Town Country uh, party mm-hmm. to play. So, of course, it's going to be a cover. But the end roll credits... It's also a cover, and it's Hit not me a with good it. cover. Yeah, or at the beginning of the movie, or something like that. And you know what I mean? Somewhere in there. Yeah. Um, it's not in there, and that is, um, I don't know how much they would have had to pay for it. <laughs> they probably didn't want their best-selling song associated with a romantic comedy. Movie. Yeah, it's one of my favorite songs too. And when when I watched this the first time, I was like, "Where's the song?" Yeah, they yeah. don't play the song. It's such a letdown. It, it, I really. That, I that's agree. our music comment. 
It's like, you gotta just put a clip in there, man. Yeah. Anyway. All right, so, um, any comments on continuity or romance? Um, well, there's romance. <laughs> his comment. His, I'm reading, and I don't usually read his comments. His ro- comment on romance is some romance, I guess. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> I thought it was obvious. Uh, my comment is a 10 out of 10. I love this. I love this show. It's one of my favorite romances. But we've got second chance romance um, and then divorce. You know, she's trying to get a divorce. Um, and then one of my favorite tropes is is when you're enemies at the beginning and, you know. Mm-hmm. A yeah. very, very common. They're enemies that have known each other. So sometimes they're just people that meet randomly and hate each other automatically. And then overcome that. And this, this is an instance of when they knew each other, had an issue that they never resolved and then finally resolved. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I would have to say I've read a lot of books where this trope is done poorly because you've got to bring the character, the readers along emotionally. You've got to have that huge fight at the beginning where they're huge enemies and then you gradually show them becoming friends. And several of the books that I've read, they go from being big enemies and then all of a sudden they're good friends. It's like the author forgot to you know, show them becoming friends. An arc. An arc is not a 90 degree turn. No. It is a curve. Yeah. And that happens here. So they, you know, they're antagonistic and then they actually become more antagonistic. Yeah. More friction. You know, it comes to that crisis point where she's drunk in a bar and says a bunch of stuff she shouldn't about how dirty and poor and gross everyone is. And Yeah, yeah. She insults pretty much everybody she grew up with. Yeah. And then, you know, nobody likes her. And then that actually causes him to sign the divorce papers. Yeah. He's sick of her because he's been stalling. Yep. He still does have feelings for her, you can tell. Yeah. And so he's like, oh, go see your parents. So I won't sign until you see your parents. And then she goes and sees her parents and then sees him again. And, she, you know, he won't sign for some other reason, you know. And then yeah. finally, after she's a jerk to everyone. That's when he like, signs. And that's what wakes her up. She's then, like, I was a jerk and it got him to sign the papers. And that's not how I want things. And then she's calling him all the time to talk. Yes. <laughs> trying to apologize. and Right. Trying to make it right. You know, and he's not receptive at first yeah and then they dance and then the well we were doing a synopsis of the show so well it's part of the arc i mean this is like their relationship it is yeah. the movie of course because that's the point of the movie so yeah, like, yeah. and it has to be but they, they go through trials you know what i mean yeah yeah it's it's her trying to get him to sign you know he doesn't want to because he has feelings for her she damages that by her bad behavior so he signs she and realizes then she's trying to get him back she's least, trying to make things better between right because she doesn't didn't want to hurt his well, she was at first she didn't mind hurting his feelings, but then when she finally does, she realizes that really hurt him and that mattered to her. Yeah. And so she tries to at least apologize. And then once they get to that point, then they start to make out and then they she realizes that she still has feelings for him. Right. And that's when Andrew shows up. Right when they're making out in the in the Just right dog after. cemetery. No, but I mean right after. Like you you think like you know wait a second something almost happened there. They make out. Well, you know they kiss a bit and then he walks away. Yeah. Right, from that. No, I thought she walked away. No, he does. Oh, does in he? In the cemetery, yeah. Oh. She's still standing there. Oh. And then she calls afterwards. Is that how it goes? I, think I so. don't remember. I'm pretty sure he's <laughs> he walks away. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Mm-hmm. And then she's still calling him afterwards yeah, yeah. to talk about it. He can't. No. Well, it's because she, to... she's she's still engaged. I mean, she's still going forward with her right. engagement with Andrew. He, and he, he cares about her, yeah. so he's trying to let her go yeah he doesn't want to just be friends he wants he wants her he wants her you know yeah and always did because he never moved there's a lot of connection to the 
as we find out later, he has the connection to the place they kissed. His whole life actually revolves around it. Yeah, pretty much. His livelihood and everything. Yep. So conflicts, the trifle, tri, we've talked about conflicts quite a bit. The trifle cycle, I'd say this is a great example of trifle cycle. So she's trying to get him to sign the papers and he finally does. But uh, they toss it on their heads because she, she succeeds and she's not happy with it. Mm-hmm. The thing she was working towards wasn't what she wanted, just like her change in life from being there to going to New York. Exactly. What she wanted wasn't really making her happy. Yeah. Um, okay, so I have a comment on implausibility. How does Andrew not know anything about her background after they've been dating for eight months? Eight whole months. I think he was just infatuated with the present. I don't know. I assumed that she was from someplace normal. I've dated a lot of guys and been very infatuated with the president, and we still found out each other, about each other's background. I don't know. I don't. I don't. It's know been seven years. I mean, that she could have it so far back that it's not. Yeah, she's got as seven years of her. histories, quite a bit. To, you know, like yeah. relevant. And you're like, of course, she's got parents somewhere. You never really thought about where that was. Yeah. Not that, you know, he didn't care even really when he finds out. He's like, it's okay. You're from Alabama. It's kind of weird, but yeah, it yeah. wasn't that put off. I mean, maybe a bit at first, but he gets over it. So it's not that, like, crazy damaging. Yeah, no, he's not stick, stuck up or anything. He's not a bad guy. No, he's not. He's actually cool as most everything. Um, a good example of show and tell is when Wade, the sheriff, asks if Melanie hit him. Oh, or if Melanie hit her, and she's like, no, he's never hit me. And I think that's a really good, it's a good info exchange, and it's telling. We don't need a show. That would be, a, I mean, that would be the hugest side tangent, them showing us that in their relationship in the past, he never hit her, you know. But so that's like a, a good example of, you know, telling versus showing right there. Uh, let's see what else. What other comments do you have? Do you have any comments on? I'm on the next page already. Uh, let's see comedy. Anything noteworthy? Um, there's some good comedy stuff. I don't know. Nothing. Yeah, we don't need to discuss. Um, yeah, it. there's just like funny comments and uh, turns of phrases and you know like witty dialogue. Yeah. And um, the juxtaposition of their lives and like. Mm-hmm. Funny comparisons about things. And bologna cake. Yes, the bologna cake. Sorry. Yeah, bologna cake. They pull pull out the bologna cake. It's made of horseradish, cream cheese, and bologna. Mm-hmm. That just sounds horrible. Good eating. What? We do not agree. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, do you even like horseradish? No, not really. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> uh, what else? Are they um, uh, Deep fried pickles. Deep fried pickles. Whoa. Which are pretty, actually pretty decent. Uh, they're good. I didn't think it would be good. I tried one. It was one that oh, the food I do. I like fried food, and I'm sorry, deep fried pickles does not sound because they're breaded. They're actually. It's not the pickle. It's breaded and then they deep fried. Okay, that may be not too bad, but I I didn't even know that all these years. Some someone said deep fried pickles. I just assumed they were like charred and blistered pickles, and Ugh, that sounds. They're awful. not. They're actually. It was actually okay. There so I tried a deep fried pickle. Not terrible. <laughs> We've got an, an, another example of the comedy that I really liked was when they're fighting on the porch and he's like staring at her and he's like speechless and she's like, what? Speak. And the dog starts barking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, all right, I'll speak. Mm-hmm. I thought that was fun. Okay. So noteworthy, you know, a Hollywood movie where the guy asked the girl to marry him after only eight months of dating. I think that's noteworthy. Yeah, usually it's like seven years, and then they get engaged, and they're engaged. Engaged for five years or something. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. So she asks 
She asks a question, why does the truth have to be so complicated? And her current life is built on a series of lies. She can't keep them straight. So I'm like, you mean, why does the truth have to be so complicated? Her lie telling was more complicated than the truth was. Mm -hmm. Let's see. Oh, yeah. And then they did a great job of providing two excellent options, Jake and Andrew, because they're both great guys. Neither of them have safe flaws. Right. And it makes it more poignant. I mean, it's... It's a better story, in my opinion. I mean, Jake was pretty rough around the edges back in the day. Yes. <laughs> let's say, let's face it. There's a I don't say a great reason why she left, but well, I don't. He was drunk so the night before. He showed up late to the wedding, missed the reception entirely. Yeah, exactly. So, you know. Yeah. He get, he becomes a better person while she's gone. Yeah. He in makes a, something of himself, basically. In an effort to want her to come back. That yeah. was his intention, always. Yeah. He even followed her, like, he went up there to see her, like, a year after she left, and saw what kind of life she had there, and then wanted to try and... He wanted to make something of himself, because he knew that what she... Then just working in the tire factory, like everyone yeah. else, so he's like, I can, I want to do better than that, because she's, can, she deserves better than that, Yeah. and so he tries yeah. And so he becomes better while she's gone. So she just thinks he's the same guy probably, you know, the whole time, the seven years. And, of course, we dread going back to that sort of thing. Yeah. And then she goes back and she remembers all the things that were good about him and all the things that were bad about him. He improved on. Yeah. So. So I have a comment under miscellaneous. Melanie is a fashion designer and her clothes are horrible. They're quite truly unpl- um, unflattering in most instances. Yeah. Some were bad, some were awful, and some were absolutely horrendous. There was an outfit that I actually liked, just when she's trying to find her dad in the in the enactment, and she's wearing a black skirt and a cute top. No, a black top and a cute skirt. Yeah. And that was the only outfit of hers I, I remember liking. So they're trying to show that she's a fashion designer by putting her in clothes that don't flatter her. <laughs> yeah, some of them, like, she looks really dumpy. And it's Reese Witherspoon, so she's not dumpy for heaven's sake. But no, yeah. We're just like, what are you doing? <laughs> Like, you could have just put her in the boots and jeans and denim jackets like everyone else, and she would have looked better than... The yeah, but she was, they're trying to, like, separate Yeah, her. I know, but they did it by making her look worse than people that... Yeah. ...dress from Kmart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, was, it comes up in the movie. Yeah. And... It's um, true. That's, so we said it. We don't like your fashion designs, people. Yeah. Um, let's see. Last page. So do you have any comments on the climax or the epilogue and resolution? Uh, yeah, the climax is pretty funny. Um, Candace Virgin, I think that's how you say her last name. Who um, is that? The mayor. One? The mayor. Yes. Is most of the comedy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not she's most, awesome. But she's large, personality-wise. Yeah. And um, why don't you go back to your double wide and fry something? <laughs> one of Talking those, to her to Melanie's mom. One of the most memorable lines in the movie, I think. <laughs> and causes Melanie to punch her. Yes. Which was deserved. Mm-hmm. So we haven't talked about the whole arc yet, though. Yeah, go ahead. So we don't know their history together. We just know that they had a conflict. And as it goes on, they reveal things, you know, like that he was drunk the night before and then they get married and then he like pukes in the car or truck. I guess it's a truck because they don't really drive cars. Um, (laughs) And then, um, you know, doesn't even go to the reception. Mm -hmm. But we also find out later that they got married because... Was, she was pregnant. He was the football star, and they won the big game, and got her pregnant that night, 
and then that's why they got married in the first place in high school at 18. Yeah. Um, but they lose the baby. Yeah, she had a miscarriage. And and I, I actually really liked that touch because it, it was heartbreaking to both of them, and it added character development. Like, he... He but thought the baby would be his greatest adventure, and he was excited, and so it was hard for him to have to lose the baby, and it was hard for her. She, like, totally flipped out and went to New York, you know? But she felt relieved, she said, and she's always felt guilty about that because yeah. she didn't want to be have that life start. She didn't want to change her down. Things. Yeah, exactly. So she's always felt guilty that she felt that way. Yeah. And, yeah, so that they, they just didn't deal with it in the same ways. No. And then yeah. she didn't have... Once that happened, she didn't feel like she... Had anything to keep her there. Right, because, you know, she didn't really have any obligations beyond that, except her marriage to him, which wasn't really that great, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Drunken teenagers. Um, yeah, so she leaves. Yeah. And we don't find that out till later, and then, yeah, they reconcile that. Yeah. Anyway, what, he's, what, he, what does he do while she's gone? We don't need to tell them. I, I mean, they can, they can watch the movie and... But have a little surprise. A surprise is important to the plot. That he makes something of himself? It's how he does it. Mm-hmm. It's very symbolic. Mm-hmm. Go he, ahead. He takes the lightning strikes and then makes a glass because it's at the beach and turns the sand into glass and sells it. He, he does glass blowing as well. So his whole life and how he makes his life better is... is it revolves around her still. And revolves around that place and that kiss that they had at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. So, and it's very poetic. It is, I agree. It really is. So, like, what made his life better was that. Yeah. From every from every aspect, emotionally and financially. Yeah. He made the life he made better for her was from there. Mm-hmm. So, there you go. Yeah, no, it's it's a good touch. Like, that shows uh, good writing, you know, like, they actually very put thought into his exactly. character. Yeah, exactly. So, lightning never struck twice. The theme of the movie. And that carries through entirely, and, he, and people try to tell... Her that he's like kind of a big deal now. Yeah, they're like, wait, wait, you know, and everybody stops her, you know, and, stops them, and, and she just assumes he still works at the tire factory, yeah. and he just lets her assume that, and then which is wonderful. I love it because <laughs> Bobby Ray still works there mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And then yeah, he stuffs them every, every time somebody tries to say something, he just tells them not to. Yeah, he'll interrupt them or something like that. Yeah, yeah. and they accidentally find out later because they see this like really nice looking store. Mm-hmm. Um, with like nice tables outside and it's beautiful setting by this like lake, you know. Yeah, yeah. And then she notices his he has an airplane, which hello, he's got an airplane. Yeah, yeah. Um, she knows the airplane. Yeah. And, and then they and see the dog. Exactly, and she re- realizes it's his place, and they go inside, and he comes down from upstairs, and mm-hmm. there's an awkward moment <laughs> when because he never wanted her to know. Yeah, yeah. And then you know because you know he's got all these sculptures from their makeout place. Yes. And that was really, you know, touching to her. And he's just like, um, hi. And then he's yeah. like, well, I guess we'll just leave. Yeah, him. he's like, how about have a good look around and grab a lunch. And mm-hmm. he's all professional and formal. And she's like, like in awe. Yeah. Like, he, what on earth? Where did this come from? How did I not see this? Exactly. Well, and the good thing is, like, she's not dense. So we've got the characters that are, like, hinting around that Jake's become something. And she's like, am I missing something? And I appreciate that because readers and viewers catch on a lot quicker than characters do. But if you if you make your characters too stupid, it'll it'll irritate readers. Mm-hmm. She actually notices one of the classes she's drinking at, out of earlier in the movie. And she thinks, oh, this is really nice. Do they sell these here? 
you know. And he's and like, he, maybe you can buy it up in your hoity-toity New York or whatever. Yeah, and he, like, blows it off, and everybody else is kind of, like, uh, looking awkwardly around, like, um. Yeah. And they look at, like, at him, and he's just, like, brushes it off. Yeah. Because it's one of his that he made. Yeah. So I've got trivia. You okay if I move on to trivia? Absolutely. Okay, so this is the first movie shot in New York City after September 11th. Which I was like, oh, interesting. This is also the first movie shot in a Tiffany's store since Breakfast at Tiffany's. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Big deal. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's see. Then landing the him landing the plane on Lake Peachtree. Peach tree. It was illegal. And <sighs> they got a, a $300 fine. Oh, dear. <laughs> and I bet you anything. They probably approached the city and asked for permission. The city will be like, you'll get fined. Really and they fine. did it anyway. How much? $300. Okay, fine. Exactly. That's. I bet they did deal. that. Deal. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I liked that. I I want to land. I want to land a plane on a lake. Anyway, uh, do you have any other comments before we do the top biggest takeaways? Yeah, we didn't cover everything. There's a cat story as well. Yeah, there's we some can, other things in there. There's lots um, of things that. But they, the point is, is they do a good job of threading in things from their past that come up later. Yeah. And matter. Yeah, agreed with that. So they did a very good job of putting like, and then. The timing of the emotional time bombs of like when something gets revealed to the to you because they already know most everything about each other at least they think they do but they yeah, surprise yeah. each other as well with new things and then new things could get revealed to us so that we see them in a different light later and there's no flashbacks there's one dream but it's easy to interpret it as just but a it would have happened it would have happened chronologically that time you know I mean, the, they were young in that scene, so it would have happened first anyway. Yeah. So yeah. It's not, I mean, even though it's a flashback, there's nothing. It's a dream. It's not really a flashback because they never establish something and then flashback. It's exactly. The first thing you see. It's it's a dream, but we don't. It doesn't doesn't matter because it's actually it's telling us stuff about the characters. It's setting the stage. It's not like exactly, a. Yeah. It's not like a dream that has zero to do with the. Which are the worst? Yeah, zero to do with the actual story or the plot. It's telling us, you know, about her and Jake being together, and it's like. Like you said, not lightning never strikes the same place twice. Anyway, so all right, so my biggest top three takeaways for the movie are Are you ready? I feel like we need to have like a drum roll. We need some some sounds in our that, that sounds terrible. That's just me beating on a chair like um, <laughs> we got nothing. We'll okay. come up with something later. Alright, okay, so I love that the character that they had characters and actors in the show who aren't drop dead gorgeous. They've got characters and people who look like normal people. And I think that it's important. Like, I've read books where every character is described as attractive. And in real life, everybody you meet is not attractive. It's kind of exhausting. And then doesn't end special anymore. Everyone's a model, so nobody is. Exactly. Well, you want your main characters to be attractive. It's, and Well, it's fine. That, that makes, you know, exactly. it makes them more exceptional. Yeah. If somebody is above average instead of the average being and, and I do have to say readers want to read books about people who are attractive and exceptional and above average they don't they don't respond as well to to um, to books where the main characters are below average Twilight notwithstanding no she actually talks about Twilight um, Bella she doesn't give us a lot of description about Bella no. and she just says she's clumsy but uh, they flaw. yes but later on they they describe Bella I mean we hear that she is attractive you know and she shows that she's attractive because all the guys in the school are yeah. jumping over themselves to some, get to her. For some reason. It's not yes. her personality. She must be smoking hot. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah. So, I mean, make your characters be normal people. You know, you want your main characters to be attractive, but don't have everybody be that fashion model, you know? Well, at least have characters be different. 
and look yeah. different and you know, sound different. And then I already talked about this one on accident. I was going to save it for here and then didn't write a note next to it. But make make have appropriate telling. You don't need to have show everything. You can have telling. So like when when he's when she was like, you know, he never hit me. We don't need to be shown that. It's it's good enough that they tell us. And so that's. I think that's an important thing. You know, I think there's a stereotype that people in the South are abusive. I don't know if you've noticed or heard that stereotype, but I have, which it drives me nuts. But because I've a lot of people met, met a lot of people who are from the South who are not that way. But, but I mean, they tell us without showing us, so our characters, so our readers know that our, the viewers know that Jake was never abusive, mm-hmm. and so that makes it so that we want to cheer for them to get back together again. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so appropriate telling, and then. Um, this one's a slightly sensitive topic and I made a comment on it while we were watching and Nolan made a comment on it as well. We've got the catch all minority. Oh yes. So he's, he's a black man and he's a gay man. And my comment on that is don't, um, this is again, sensitive subject, but don't do that. You want your characters to be okay. So take Bobby Ray. Bobby Ray is also a gay man, but Bobby Ray is a character we like He's a character who has a point and a part in the story and he's got growth and he shows empathy. And we, we, I don't know. I just feel like if you're going to, I don't, I don't have any problem with like minority he's a person and not a label. He's a person and not a label. So when you use, if you have minority characters, have them there for a reason. Don't just like have them be, you know, your token minority person, you know? And so like Bobby Ray is one of my favorite characters in the movie and a token minority is much less memorable or moving or important than a minority who has a real part in the story. And so if you if you decide to have minority minority characters, then make them be make them there, you know, have them have a point in the story basically. I agree. Don't just check a box, make them a person for heaven's sake. Agreed. Yeah. Um what are your takeaways? Um let me see. Okay. Um most love triangles are most successful when it's uh, one person choosing between two viable options. Yeah. Usually, they, they, you can do romances where one person ends up secretly being a jerk and then people find out, but I think that's less satisfying at the end. Yeah, because it um, makes it feel like the character's like, oh, we're like, oh, yeah, well, she shouldn't, yeah, I'm glad she didn't pick him anyway, you know? Right. Like, I mean, in this case, Andrew, like, I still feel bad for Andrew, even after watching the show, because he is, he is a good guy. Yeah. She dumps him at the altar, and he's like, Wow. That's so, what this feels so like. That's what this feels like. You know, because he's never been rejected before. Yeah, he's had everything he's ever wanted, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, he's rich, he's, you know, famous, um, successful. Some people say Patrick Dempsey's attractive. I'm not attracted to him. <laughs> I like his hair. Um, he's got nice hair. Um, and, but, I mean, he just, and then he's just, she's and his mom's like, you're just going to let her do that to you? And he's like, yeah. Yeah, I he's am. Like, I am. And, and then he, he walks away. He literally just walks out and closes the door behind him, and that's it. Yep. And he's fine with it. I mean, he's not happy yeah. about it, but I mean, he accepts that he's not she, throwing a fit. Yeah, she doesn't want to be with him. She wants to be with this other guy more, who she was with before, and she's really happy with him. Yeah, and they have a healthy relationship, and she's gonna be okay. Yeah. So he feels like he can just let that go and move on with his life and get yeah. over it and meet somebody else later. You yeah. know? Yeah, exactly. I agree. So with he literally—it's very symbolic. He just walks down the aisle himself, closes the door quietly. Doesn't slam it. Doesn't storm away. He just gracefully so, leaves. So we've got two viable options for a love triangle. I think that's more interesting. It's because it makes the main character make a difficult choice. Exactly. You can't make everything be easy for um, for the characters. Uh, they tie off most of their loose ends. 
So that's your next takeaway? Yeah. Because they have a reception. <laughs> She's in her wedding dress when she chooses to be with her original guy. Yeah. And so then they fulfill they, they fulfill the promise of their original vows, mm-hmm. having a reception where everyone's there and not drunk and ridiculous. And, and he shows up for this he one. He shows up. He carries her over the threshold, I believe, something yeah. like that. Um, does it right. He So he finally um, corrects that mistake he made when he was young. Yeah. Um, so that's good. The other one, uh, um, they did a good job of trying, um, um, contrasting the two environments that they're in. The New York versus Alabama. They they do it mostly by accent. Yeah. Because um, she switches hers. She mm-hmm. starts out with none, you know, because she's trained herself not to have it. But when she gets upset or anything, she slips back into it. People note that in New York. She, her yeah. accent crop, crops up when she's distressed. Yeah, yeah. Um, but... That's just the symbolic way they use to to um, show her two conflicted sides. Mm-hmm. That's, so that's good. So, okay. <laughs> the end, I guess. I, that's the, I actually had three takeaways that I came up with off the top of my head. Not really, I've been thinking about the whole time. But, um, <laughs> but there you go. Those are three good things that the movie does very well. Mm-hmm. And that one thing you had too, that it did well and then one it didn't do well. Yeah, yeah. When they have their uh, the uh, minority dump character yeah yeah makes me feel bad for him <laughs> he could have been a very interesting character yeah mm-hmm. well he was um, her uh, mentor mentor yeah there's a lot of, like why did he choose her what did he see in her to mentor her that would have been an interesting subplot thing. which you know i'm glad they didn't do that I, because I, again that's a uh, it's a viable choice of life she could have had yeah you know we don't see how she gets to that point in yeah, her yeah, life yeah and that's fine we don't have the whole thing mm-hmm. he's kind of a shortcut yeah um, to her success, and that would have been yeah. an interesting. It could it didn't have to be very long. Just maybe one scene where, he, you know, he's like, "This is why I, I, I saw you. You know, and this is why I decided to mentor you. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like this is the th- you know this design. Yeah, that you've got this thing, and you could definitely make a life for yourself here in New York. That would be amazing. You know, another good thing that the the story does this book movie, they don't do any info dumps. And they let us believe what we want to believe, given the information we're given. So we don't have all the information on Jake. We don't have hardly any information on their relationship, how they got together, why they broke up. They give that to you bit by bit throughout the whole movie. And so it keeps your interest in the story because you don't know why she left. You don't know any of that stuff. Yes. New information causes the scenes that you've already watched to be interpreted differently. Yeah. That is important. That's important in books. That's important in movies. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it's where, why people like rereading books, you know? Yeah, that's where twists come from, because it leads you down, you know, a specific set of information, leads you to make this conclusion, but you weren't deceived. You just didn't have all the information. Yeah. Once you do, you look back at all those other things, and you're like, you reinterpret it, Yeah. and it's more interesting that way. Yeah, I agree. Multi-layered. Fantastic. A good book that does this, if you don't mind horror books, is Michelle Paper's Dark Matter. Oh, I love Dark Matter. People hear me talk about that one quite a bit. I do. I recommend it regularly. Yes, um, because um, uh, the main character goes through some stuff, and he thinks you, know, you have his perspective on stuff, but then he gets other people's diaries at some point through there, and so he can see how other people felt about the same things he was going through. Yeah. And so you reinterpret the things that you see through other people's um, lens. Very interesting how mm-hmm. it's done. Yeah. Yeah, so go read Dark um, Dark Matter if you haven't already. It's really, really it's a good. good. It's a good way to, you know, to to play up on that, where you have a set of information, you make assumptions, 
and then it introduces new information and then all those the thing all of the scenes that happened before you you change your mind on them yeah excellent example plus it's scary yeah all right okay so that's pretty much we for this movie probably shouldn't have listened to it on our honeymoon we listened to it on our honeymoon every time i look at the ocean i think of that movie <laughs> <laughs> it was great that movie that book yes but sorry we are we are done yeah, we're done with the, this episode. Um, let's see, where can people find you? Uh, at uh, ap at andreapearsonbooks.com. <laughs> at my Attention, email Nolan. That would actually be andrea at selfpublishedstrong.com. Oh, sorry. Either one, though. Either one, actually, is true, because I do sometimes check the andreapearsonbooks.com one more regularly. Though I have joined the email together on my computer, so I see both now, which is why I caught Alice's... Hi, Alice. <laughs> Alice supporting us two weeks late. Sorry about that again, and thank you again. Let's see. So this week we've got his parents coming in. Like I said, next week, what are we watching? Uh, Skyline for next week. So it'll be interesting having his parents. We might have them, you know, give us a few thoughts here and there, maybe if they watch it with us and then... Maybe. Yeah, so uh, Skyline is an almost really great movie that... Um, they failed at. Um, so it's a sci-fi movie. Let's just get that out of the way. Yeah. The special effects are good. They shoot themselves in the foot in a couple of instances. Which we will talk about. Which we will talk about, yes. When we do it. Um, it's, I don't, I'm going to bet most people in listening to this have not actually seen it. Please see it. You, you'll want to... I mean, you don't. if you don't like sci-fi alien movies, they don't need to watch it. But it is... I, I enjoy it. It's a bad... It's a good movie to laugh at. And it's yes. modern, so it has good at graphics and the aliens are believable and... Yeah, yeah. Anyway, okay. Anyway, I don't want to get too into it. <laughs> we, we keep, we keep discussing it. it, yes. Yeah. Anyway, so that's the, that's the one for next week. Yeah. Um, a good example of not invalidating your premise. Yes, and then we've got New Moon and then Jurassic World, and then we'll have Blank Movie. We need we need Patreon supporters to pick our, na- our movie that will fill that slot. So go support us on Patreon and give us some suggestions. And then the episode after that will be our marketing episode where we answer your questions. So go support us on Patreon so we can answer your questions too. Yep. Anyway, so if you have any questions, go ahead and email me at Andrea at selfpublishedstrong.com. And that's not marketing questions. That's questions about, <laughs> I don't know, what are what are the questions I want them to email me about? I don't know. Like, I mean, about episodes we've already done. Yeah, about episodes we've already done, things like that. If you have general questions. Uh, or, comments or, yeah, if we didn't cover yeah. something about a movie that you thought was interesting. Yeah. Um, we can bring that up. Yeah. All right. So I hope you all have a great week and we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.